0: Hello, hello! Welcome, welcome! Come on in. It's a it's a two year birthday party for imaginary advice. No, 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 no! Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming. Um, you didn't. That's all right. it's all right, mate. We got we got a lot of wine. Uh, you're covered. Uh, do you like do you like Boone's Farm? It's uh, it, 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 it's 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 melon ball flavored. Uh, hence the color. It's all I drink actually. Um, apart from uh. I do occasionally like a uh, a can of Apple Tango with um, some speed dissolved in it. There we are, here you go. Oh, so, uh, hey! Alright, so these are um, these are all the other podcasts that uh, come up on the listener. Also, subscribe to 2Bit at the bottom of my iTunes page. Hey, Book Slam podcast. How's it going? Hello, welcome to the Book Slam podcast. Welcome, welcome. Yep. yep, glad to hear it. Uh, okay, so let me, let me introduce you to these two. This is, a, this is the um, the Soundproof podcast from ABC and uh, excuse me, uh, and uh, The Lapse. They're both storytelling podcasts with an emphasis on sound design. I haven't actually listened to either of them yet. My name, at least until Soundproof. next episode, Soundproof. is Vile Pest. Soundproof. And this was <laughs> Classic. Hang on, guys. Hold on to that thought. Uh, I'm just going to... Let's to change the CD over. Oh, oh. Anybody gonna dance? Yeah? Just me? No, no. Okay, that's all right. Fine. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna refresh everybody's drinks. Okay. This uh, this song's too loud, isn't it? I'm gonna put it back down. Hang on, watch out! It's a. Uh, Outlook from BBC World Service. You're right mate. Hello, I'm Matthew Bannister. Welcome to the Outlook Podcast. Do you remember this music? <laughs> yeah. 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 It was the theme song of the Rugby World Cup in South Africa just over twenty years ago. A big moment. Fucking twat. Country. Listen, I think um I think this party's just pretty much gonna run itself. I've got some wham bar and fake avocado. These in the oven, but they're gonna be about half an hour, I think. So, uh, you know, I've taught them all how to play super monkey ball, haven't I? So, you know, I feel like my, my job as host is pretty much done for now. Do you want to just hang out? You know, just us a while. I mean, I'm, I, I want to show you something anyway. I'll just come through into the library for a moment. I know, right? It just turns out his fat's a lot bigger than it looks. Uh, god, sorry about the mess. On, let, let me, um, let me just move all these half-finished uh, uh, vagina paintings. Stick it, just stick it over there, mate. You know, grab grab, grab the easel. Just move the whole lot. Okay, let me just move you here. I'm just going to just stand here right on this um, central hexagon. You see on the tiles, you know, it's a hexagon. Okay, just stand there, right there in the middle. Okay, excellent. Uh, now I've just got to find the right book. Okay, now here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe it. Richard Wilson's book of absurdities. So, no, it's, it's a real book. It's, it's, it's just a list of things that Richard Wilson doesn't believe. But it's also a lever. Hold on to your stomach. Okay. Here we go. Do you know what I am? Um... I put in this elevator when, uh, when I first moved into the house. Yeah, it turns out you don't, you don't even actually need, um, need planning permission to build an underground layer. I say, layer, it's more of a kind of... No, no, actually, layer's the right word. Um, okay, here we are. Now it smells a bit. Um, you just look, take this, and uh, put it in there when I say three. One, two, three. Cool, cool. Thanks. And voice, can you know? This is imaginary advice. Thanks for listening. Malibu. It's pretty big, huh? So, you know, ob- obviously, this is where imaginary advice really happens. Ob- obviously, I don't actually record it here. It's <laughs> in the bottom of a wardrobe. What uh, kind, of <laughs> kind of a sad man would actually do that? Eh? No, no, no. Ob- obviously, obviously, I really do it all uh, down here. Before we go any further, um, just some basic workshop ground rules. Uh, don't wander off into any of the catacombs. Don't touch that button that does the funny voice. If you want to give me a five-star review on iTunes, then that's great. Otherwise, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm worried about becoming too popular anyway. You know, if, if you, if you really like it, just keep it to yourself. You know, like, can't we just have one thing that's just about us, eh? What's Imagine. Well, you. T- okay, I said no one. I'm, I'm the only one who's allowed to touch the funny voice button. Okay, it's just, it's. The timing's very, very particular. Just, alright, look, it doesn't matter. Let's get, let's get started. You know, I had a, a life before the Imaginary Advice podcast, before my uh, my love of radio. I was, uh, my, my first love was. Was, was, was poetry. Oh yeah, I published uh, <clears throat> four modest slimline collections with uh, London Press pen in the margins. I may publish a fifth one day. Um, I've been trying to come back to it recently. Actually, at the, at the start of this year, a fellow poet uh, by the name of Aaron Kent uh, sent me a message saying that uh, he was doing a project where he was writing uh, interviews in the form of poems, back and forth. Uh, and um, if you go to the website uh, poeticinterviews.wordpress.com, you can kind of see the ones that he's uh, he's done so far, and um, they're. Really, really interesting. There's, uh, there's kind of correspondences with um, luminaries such as uh, Sage Francis and um, James Franco. My old pal Luke Wright is on there somewhere, um, and um, also uh, Emma Hammond, who's uh, one of my favourite British poets. So it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting uh, resource. Anyway, Aaron asked me whether I'd be interested in kind of doing it, and so what I've done for this birthday podcast episode. Um, is um, I've recorded the correspondence. You're going to hear a poem from Aaron and then a poem from me and then Aaron and then me. Oh, we, we're going to go around sort of four times. Aaron is kind of using his space to ask me questions and then on my turn I'm, I'm trying to come up with answers or otherwise I'm trying to like examine his questions and work out why I can't answer them. But like, together we're just sort of trying to talk about the nature of poetry, like why we write it, what it does for us. Personally, like, what well, why it's so important to us. Even if I don't write as much poetry as I used to, I still feel that poetry is at the core of what I do. Um, if that doesn't sound too pretentious, I still try to approach every uh, project the same way that I approached a poem, which is, you know, to say blindly and uh, for absolutely no money. Anyway, look, let's let's get on. Are there any other things to say? Um, oh right, yeah. um... There's a really bad racial epithet at the end of the final poem. Uh, I'm going to bleep it in the recording. Uh, it's reported dialogue and, and and it's important, that's why it's in there. Um, but I deserve a heads up. Come on home And be welcome to stay Baby, tell me you're coming home Living alone so long Never should ever have run you away. Um, well look, I, I, I can see your face. You're clearly disappointed. I mean, what do you think I was inviting you down here for, man? Like, you think we're just gonna do massive rails of ketamine? I, I, I can see how you might have thought that, but quite frankly, if I'm being honest, um I think you've done enough. I mean, just look at yourself, Matt. you can't even talk you, your eyes they're like eggs fried in piss you've got lit cigarettes in both hands. which one are you even doesn't matter look it's all right it's okay look um uh well I tell you what look just come and, come over here come and sit here just take look here's my um my e t blanket put this around you look it's covered in little pictures of e t look there we are see et doing a jigsaw et building a shed i don't think any of this is canon incidentally look just wrap yourself up in that i'll bring you a nice cup of tea um whatever designer drugs you took at home before you came here i'm sure they'll they'll work out your system soon enough just gonna go check in on my party guests make sure we are not nicking anything um why not, uh, yeah, just, just sit there and try to enjoy this, uh, this special birthday episode of... Imaginary... All uh, right. Okay, all right. You actually got that one bang on. So, yeah, good for you. Come on, You have one new message First new message Question one I'm always on standby Little red light Trying for weeks To tell a scene the remnants Of a time code I lodged on tape Somewhere between Redruth And Glasgow Somewhere between here And there climbing back up colour bars, I swear it was after create your own narrative, but before prins first snow. My mind is analogue, coated in iron and leftover steel wire. High fidelity is for winners, the lucky ones. How do you navigate the maze between memory and paper? poetry is failure that's how it finds me that's how i like it a poet sets off looking for the exit then accidentally drowns in the fountain accidentally ends up in the wrong bathroom apologizing accidentally knocks a kid down an open lift shaft There's a conference in the Rose Ballroom, 7th East and Southeast Asian Wild Animal Rescue Network. The theme is perspectives, methodologies and challenges in the reintroduction of wildlife. The poet just takes a seat in the back and pretends this is where they were headed all along. Whenever I read a poem, I invisibly add an extra line at the end that reads... Or something like that, anyway. Fuck this. The empty space at the bottom of the page is awkward silence. And should be performed as such. I take the stairs, three at a time. Desperate to tell you something. By the time I reach you, I'm too knackered to say anything of value. I smoke, and I have asthma. Plus, I have nothing to say of value. Choose a bar at random. Ask the drunkest man there what to do next. The question makes sense. The answer does not. At least, not yet. I'm just trying to get away from myself. Hence this hotel in Cambodia. in. Somebody booking or scripting. I've always seen myself as a face. There's a beauty in creating your own downfall and calling it Montreal, calling it sharpshooter, calling it treachery. Expectations are heartbreak, kid. Somebody has to blunt their bones watching the clock turn heel. Your career is what happens when you write the first draft of your notice. You can wrestle with your shadows in the projection room, in the dead of night. Nobody cares about the ladders or the steel diamonds, interlocked cage. They only recall the stab in the back and the hours spent counting cat's eyes for 50 miles and the possibility that this all every second of it might be your own creation and the whole damn thing might be fake what do you want to be remembered for? Hey Aaron sorry this is late this month I'm mostly trapped on trains and though the British countryside is pretty in a plain kind of way I can barely think straight with all the heat and noise. I want to try and start somewhere honest. Poetry makes it all too easy to duck questions, particularly important ones, hence crappy love poetry, etc. Question, do you love me? Poet, hey, look at this bowl of vegetables in October. I'm not above this shit, but sometimes you just have to say, no, I don't love you. Sorry, it's not just because of Halloween. I lost a hard drive full of poetry two years ago, and the Russian tech guy who looked at it told me about his past life as an anarchist, and how he once put a pipe bomb through the window of a parked car. And I walked home along the Cam River, feeling like I'd wasted all my sadness on the wrong objects. I couldn't rewrite those lost poems. There's something perverse about trying to repeat those journeys. Nothing feels as good as a spontaneous change of direction, but it's joyless to simulate such things. Something needs to survive, but I don't think it's the words. What needs to be passed on are the tools of poetry, the ability to look at the queue in the passport office, and suddenly be having sex with a corpse. Let me try and put this another way. What I want is the feeling of being overwritten just as I have overwritten others. And I know this will sound like a contradiction based on the things I've just been talking about, but I don't think you can truly understand a poem until you've plagiarised it until you have systematically removed someone else's words and replaced them with your own. It's like secretly moving in with your girlfriend by bringing over one of your DVDs every night. I know it's easier to make this claim when your art form exists entirely outside the flow of capital, but I think that worthlessness is actually its greatest gift. If you are reading poetry and not copying it, I don't know, I just think that something remains incomplete. My girlfriend's house is a different shape to mine. Now I walk into walls where doors should be. Particularly in the middle of the night when I'm trying to find the right room to pee in. Time flows differently these days. I wake up and look at her stupid blue bookcases and I don't know who the fuck I am, but not in a bad way at all. We're all victims of architecture, more or less, so shout out to every 18 year old typing a sort of Bukowski poem into his phone in the corner of a nightclub. I like the frequency with which you hit enter, kid. Now go back to the dance floor and sing along to Sex Bomb. It doesn't matter, in fact, it's preferable if the only words you know are Sex Bomb. And as long as you keep moving, you can call it a career. Question 3 My car is on its way to blowing up or falling apart. I know this because I can feel it. The way you can sometimes feel it's about to rain. Even though the clouds aren't yet so full of themselves, they can be heard laughing while we sleep. I drive through my hometown every single night and wonder what did I do to be lucky enough to escape the attempted murders and all the restlessness. All my friends, our enemies, are wasted, are wasting away. I read somewhere about a driver who died after being struck by a loose brick. So now I know I won't sleep tonight. I'll be wrapped in cotton stuffing sand into my ears hoping those words see fit to stay on the page and I hope there was no passenger to see the final moment to watch that brick swing coincidence into the way of bad luck. I can hear the impact and either silence or screams I'm not really sure what's worse. You ever get that way Ross? You ever delve too far into the story and find yourself struggling on the wrong side of the lifeguard flags Between my car and their car, I'm not really sure I want to drive home tonight. But I can't stay here. Hey Aaron, I hope you're good, ma'am. I'm in the window of a cafe in Peterborough, my first day off in three weeks, there's some kids in long sleeved black hoodies despite the heat, old guy in aviators, scuffed Rolex, a baby with a cyan hair clip, a saxophone plays Chris de I think, a man that looks like Louis CK in a blue anorak slowly sets up a stall in the courtyard, the sign says energy recruitment roadshow he loads mysterious silver parcels onto a fold out table this is a town of terrible dresses it's not just the shape of the people, it's almost as if the city is built on some kind of electromagnetic anomaly that glitches out our ability to match top to bottom it gives the streets a kind of off key music, not like some awful art rock band, but nevertheless, a music you can't talk over at the bar. And I want to talk about other things, but Christ, it's distracting. We're always half dreaming, and I try to remind myself of this. I spend a lot of time having private conversations with the past, a kind of anti-sleep where I endlessly accuse old friends of changing the rules. That's me in the grip of your car crashes, Aaron. Some right hemisphere demon stuck in a living poem that thinks God rhymes with the address of some ex-girlfriend. Last week, I ran away from the press night of my new play. I just couldn't take it. It was like a dream that had escaped me. Old Mitch Hedberg joke. Instead of following your dreams Why not just find out where your dreams are going And then meet up with them later Instead, I got a train back to Peterborough A bonfire went past my window like a fireball I started to wonder If the longest creative project of my life Would be the story of how I gave up on art God knows what draft I'm on already Eventually released, limited edition of one, for friends to flip through when they shit in my house. Well, you know what I'm talking about here. Which is why it's good sometimes to just sit in the window and catalogue the uneven fashions of your new hometown. It feels good to translate everything into the cold, calm prose of car manuals great moons of Scotland. It's awesome to be boring at 4.35 on the 24th of September. It was winter, blue, when they split the bark and married it with chemicals, molten salts, press. Johannes Gutenberg's words onto the population. Every byproduct of some father's racism. There are 290 boxes to think outside of, to play both summer and winter, red and blue, for 14 times, 14 midnights, 14 full moons, some impromptu fantasy I suppose. I still call my father's name in my sleep, in triple P dynamic so I don't disturb the neighbours and give them reason to care. I like the nonchalance, don't you? Isn't it nice knowing you can call the cat in at night without worrying that next door might offer a hand? I hallucinate, spring yellow out of bed when grass is luminescent in twilight. Pavor Nocturnus, killing either God or my father, 20 years late for it to make a difference. I've already used a sentiment in a poem, but I get lazy and I can't kill my demons in one stream of thought. Buy me delta sleep. Rip the turpentine and soap from my glands. Give me beautiful sleep architecture. House my dreams in autumn brown. So I just phone googled your epigraph, plus some other sections of the poem you sent, perhaps unnecessary, but it's 10pm in a pub full of Islington haircuts, screaming at the pay-per-view boxing, so I don't know. I don't have much faith in ignorance tonight. Your poem had a sadness, a ghost house and drama mean. And I don't want to steer away from it. It would be all too easy to do so. Poets write responses all the time. Though they tend to fail the basic rules of conversation. It's more like two drunks in an airport bar. Johannes Gutenberg sounds a lot like my youngest son. Let me tell you... When we started, I told you I used writing to escape, but... The ethics feel different when you're not on your own. It's douchey to leave a date through the bathroom window. And this is a date of sorts, Aaron, I'm sorry. Poetry is a failing restaurant with a suspiciously broad buffet. Digs it in. Just missing with a right cross across the top. On my first day teaching poetry in prison, my boss led me across an empty ochre courtyard through endless gates and checkpoints, the wind incomprehensible. One, she said, never talk about yourself. Your students will always find ways to use it against you. Two, don't let them tell you their crimes. Once you know, you can never go back. I thought to myself, well this is fucking daft, are we just going to write haiku about dogs? My workshops felt like waiting rooms, rap videos censored to an empty blue screen. But over time, language began to expand to fill the gap between us. A torched Land Rover, the shadow of a mountain, a horse through a keyhole, a black kite, a nail metaphor was a third place, a safe house we could share, a way to talk without actually talking. But, prisons are already giant code machines, dense with secret languages, controlled and meticulous. An inmate needs to know the purpose of a metaphor, too much is at stake to leave an image in the wind. Perhaps this is why all the cons quit the workshop. Either we all escape together or no one escapes at all. Knowing full well that I can't walk through walls, it still helps me to think of your poem as a prison. I want to come work in it a while. Even if all I do is collect the excuses off your inmates as they drop out one by one, returning to some distant part of the facility where I cannot follow, cannot even imagine. Se deve suonare tutto questo peso della de e senza sordino. This whole piece ought to be played with the utmost delicacy and without dampers. A request lifted from the opening page of Beethoven's Sonata 14. Is this a plea for a delicate reading a delicate interpretation or a delicate response should i skip through it lightly the color wheel spinning the scenes into one clip of moonlight or should i move slow and cautious weigh every word listen for the story behind your dream if i ignore someone's scar does that make me delicate or is the delicate reading to ask from where it came. Modern players of the Moonlight Sonata ignore this request. The piano has changed. Now a note left undampened outstays its welcome. This is what Wikipedia says anyway. No, the maestro's advice now ruins the song. No, don't say ruins. Say updates. The moon we once sought. Destroyed by reflection, Dopplered by its own waves. I bought it on iTunes. I'm playing it now. Steve Anderson Classics for the Heart. King's Cross, empty at this time of night, glows like a kind of caffeinated heaven, as if the dead were more awake than any of us. Vague shadows of the evening pub dregs and night shift, filtered through the snow of Sonata 14. Unheard, but calculated by breath and movement. As Ludwig wrote it, an invisible sadness. The last drunks, minds like pranked campus fountains, explain themselves over and over. On a long enough timeline, we all share a past. The last train out at a station is mine. There are 12 moons in a single year, 13 sometimes, but never 14, nor do I get the line about 290 boxes. Google just brings up storage solutions, the 290 bus route to Twickenham. The University of Illinois psychology department has a form called 290, but you have to log into the system to read it. Insert. One week later, 290 is the number of votes that wins Donald Trump the election. I reread your phrase impromptu fantasy with newfound horror when I woke this morning I am trapped outside the dream I do not understand I I, I may never understand am I asleep or awake Christ I want to fucking vomit the last train smells of terrible sleep I'm far too tired to keep writing But way too far from home to stop A voice says, Stevenage, like anything matters Outside, nothing but parallel carriages Release 290 on Project Gutenberg Is the Stark Monroe Letters by Arthur Conan Doyle who, based on this low-res painting, was the spit of my granddad? very much a locked-room mystery of his own. I am streaming the audio file, his robot voice carrying me back towards the fence. The Project Gutenberg, text of Doyle's The Starkman Row Letters. Home, 30th March, 1881. I have missed you very much since your return to America, my dear Bertie, for you are the one man upon this earth to whom I have ever been able to unreservedly open my whole mind. I don't know why it is, for now that I come to think of it, I have never enjoyed very much of The words slowly phasing into music rocks in a fast flowing stream ghostly shapes in I the darkness the though, and I rolling see over see fields like black so plastic. My tells me that I don't bore you by my you were you at the university, you never were in that it set, and, and so it is possible that you will not I will take what know, and all from the image. Sometimes I am sent to teach soldiers. There is a house in the country where they all live together, different parts of them missing. I wait in a classroom. Some days, no one comes. My first day, I asked if we could go round the circle, say your name and a word that you like. My name is Brian. I like the word silence. My name is Rob. My word is nothing. My name is Karen. My word is quiet. My name is Christopher. I like the word no. Triple P dynamic. Means pianissimo. More musical notation. Play very, very soft. These days, we just sit and talk about movies. I don't care. For me, sitting down is enough. Pavor Nocturnus, a name for night terrors. Distinguished from nightmares, says the NCBI, as terrors can cross from REM into deep sleep. They follow you into the abyss. You cry out in pain, but... You don't remember. You're woken by screams, a soldier once told me. Yet, you can never tell if the noise came from you or from a guy in some other room. Dude, I told him as I packed up my things. You should definitely put that image in a poem. My name is Ross. My word is, oh fuck off. These days I try not to scroll back up. Each page a spent nicotine patch. Something dead long before you arrive. I've made my peace with things like that. Though I still like to go to backroom bars and listen to kids who talk like fire, who articulate their verses as a kind of skeezy spell casting. But afterwards in the pub across the road, pay-per-view boxing on every wall, a white kid yells, my at the screen, and then nothing, and then, nothing. The fight continues on screen, but my neighbours are undisturbed. go to our bed every night, having failed a secret test. Your top three Bond films, ranked worst to best, Live and Let Die, Casino Royale, Dr. No. That's me. Imaginary advice. That is the end of the podcast for another month. Uh, I've got a special Christmas episode planned. If I can get it done in time, fingers crossed. Hey, um, if, uh, if if you would like to support the podcast, um, I really need your help. Each episode of Imaginary Advice it takes uh, the best. Part of a week to make, that's to write and record and produce, uh, it's sometimes longer, uh, this one was definitely longer, um, I, I, I really want to keep doing the podcast, but, uh, but but currently I can't afford to, and that's one of the reasons why um, production is sort of slowing down and it's going from uh, a, a month to uh a a month and a half uh before i can produce the next one um if everybody who listened donated five dollars a month through patreon then i would be able to cover all my time and expenses i would be able to produce two episodes uh every month um which i I mean obviously would be amazing uh but and if you wanted to help with that bless you i just uh you can just check the link uh to my patreon page in the line of of the episode um yeah that's it i mean the party died while you were downstairs sadly you didn't miss much but look if you if you want to stay and uh, and help me clean up i've got um i've got i've got this this great audiobook of jim belushi reading the complete works of shakespeare don't worry it's abridged. no okay well fine that is uh that is fucking typical I'll be back very soon. Um, Thanks again for listening to Imaginary Advice.